Hello and welcome to Building Your T-Shirt Empire. My name's Cole and this is Gavin. Gavin, say hello to the people. What's up, people? It's Gavin here, founder of SEPS. So uh, what's the topic today? I'm I'm at a loss. I have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, so today we got to be talking about something that is, I actually think I've heard this before. People say success is boring. This right. topic is boring. boring. But <laughs> yeah, but then this topic you want to listen. So it's how to start organizing and systematizing your print shop or your screen printing business. Right? Yeah. So I think it's something that a lot of us struggle with. First-time entrepreneurs, we could get some stuff from here, right? What do you think about yeah. this topic? I think that this topic spans from like a guy making his first 100K in a year mm -hmm. all the way to guys making 15, 20 million a year. It never stops. You never stop having to optimize your process and make yourself more and more efficient. I've heard people who make ungodly amounts of money talk about how inefficient they are even though they're on like a complete big level of print shop they still are like this pisses me off this pisses me off this is too slow it's it's an endless topic yeah it, it is an endless topic i ran a big business for a big corporation and big corporations are systems and processes that's pretty much all they are right right you never get to be that big and when i came into the industry i noticed the industry was it was set up a, a little bit differently. And part of it was mainly this was because my first entrepreneurial, serious entrepreneurial thing. It, it shocked me a little bit that I didn't see a lot of shop, like put a lot of focus into that. They put a lot of focus more onto the design or the creative aspect. But this whole other side, part of it too, is because a lot of this is behind closed doors. You can't really like Instagram it, right? So yeah, check out this week's calendar. It's so fun. <laughs> yeah, that would be like crickets. What have you even tried to assist, organize your business? What, what have you done? Yeah, I mean, I would say like on our most basic level, and I think this is a lot of kind of small to mid-level shops, we're mm -hmm. running on Printavo. So that allows us to create a quote. The quote gets turns in, turned into an invoice. Then those products can get brought in through purchasing. All the POs can be auto-generated. And then we can immediately put that into the calendar. We actually use Trello on top of using the calendar that's inside of Printavo, just because our guys seem to think it's an e easier like interface. Yeah. Um, and then the jobs are getting checked off for different tasks. So the art mock-up has been sent. The mock-up has been approved. Now it's going to be made on all the screens. All the screens have been done. Now mm -hmm. a printer can load it. Now they can get a photo approval. And then eventually you finally send an email to the client that says the order is done and ready for pickup. So a lot of that's just kind of the most base level of using Printavo. The, the differences between the people who are really optimized and the people who are hanging in there. My thing is, and what I prescribe is, even before you start like doing technology or even try to map it out, you really have to sell the idea to yourself that you want a, a business that's systematized, right? So you mm -hmm. really start with the owner wanting to run a business that is organized. Because if, if you don't, then it shows up in the real world because your brain, <laughs> what's in your brain shows up eventually in the real world. So if you right. sell the idea about, hey, I want to run an organized business, I want to systematize things, you could then have a conversation with a key person in your team and then roll it out by phase. So that would be the first part is really to sell the idea to yourself. Most small business owners, they start business because they want a couple of things. And for me, this is what I want. 
I want freedom. I want flexibility mm-hmm. and I want finance. How can I use my business to get that? In order for me to get freedom and finance, the business can uh, cannot hold me down. So many people who are starting, especially the kind of the garage style printing, where they're working more than the 40 hours that they could have been working. And now they have more you know, financial debts because they might have purchased something and they're making less than what they're actually worth in a normal career. Yeah. And kind of a crazy trade-off. Um, and people think they're chasing a dream when they do that. But if you're five or six years in, was that actually the right decision? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I just recently talked to this guy who was doing, he's 10 years in, he has two guys that help him. One of the guys kind of sounded like he doesn't do much and he's like a buddy from high school still. Then the other person was kind of a random stranger that helped clean screens. Mm-hmm. And I was telling him that like, if, if you're not going to assign them specific tasks and have them fulfill those tasks correctly, then I don't know why you're paying them. And I also don't understand why 10 years in, you're stuck at this level where you're making, I think he was making maybe 250,000 gross. Wow. So he was paying himself very little, if anything, really, by the time you considered that it was his full-time livelihood. And I think a lot of it comes down to having people do very specific tasks yeah. and then assigning them those tasks so that it's completely off of your plate. Absolutely. Like if the goal is to really make this t-shirt printing thing into a career, like you can't just wing it. Like no. you really have to go at it in a strategic way. And one of those strategies is to optimize your business and systematize your business. One thing I would say, if you want to start it after you have that conversation with yourself is what you just said right there, like set accountabilities in your business, right? You have all these people around, like you always see business, they have what's called an organizational chart. So start there, but flip it, make it an accountability chart. Everybody that has a box in that business, that box represent an accountability. So you own that piece of the business, like I'll help you, I'll support you, but this is yours. So if you're a screen printer, I expect for you to screen print, right? Right. I expect for you to get orders out. I'll support you, but that's the agreement that we have. And the agreement is based on value that you could bring in. So start with an accountability system. I think people, when they hear systems and process, because everybody knows they got to do systems and processes because you hear it, you hear it on a podcast, you're hearing it now. So you got to do systems and process. But like, how do you do it? A lot of times people just don't know how to. So accountability and then just simplify it. Like, don't try to make it like super overwhelming because it's not. If you're doing it the first time, it's going to feel like it. But in reality, it comes down to really just like picking out like the core things in your business that really could get you a customer, get you a sale, allow you to produce what you promised to the customer and in the back end, protect your money. So it's really like those core things, maybe like 10 to 20 things that you need to focus on getting super tight. Mm-hmm. If you and, uh, and then once you do that, then go down a level deeper, create templates. Because like you don't want to make this like a intellectual exercise. Every time you got to systematize something, you got to like think of something new. Like create a small template. Hey, I'm going to systematize how I do my presentation with my customers. Like now you have something that mm-hmm. you could pass on or you could let somebody else like uh, take over and stuff like that. 
there's really yeah, I mean, about yeah yeah i mean i think templates definitely work like especially just forms website forms if you can have a customer fill out a website form that gives you everything you need for a quote and your job is only to have you or your or someone else fill out that quote you are so much further ahead than getting a random phone number and now you're going to spend 35 minutes ducking mm -hmm. the information out of them but let's go a little bit higher level with some of the tools because software is obviously a big deal Mm -hmm. What are you using? I know that you've got a lot of staff kind of all over. You're not like in one office building with them. What are you using to communicate and what are you using to schedule? So yeah, uh, software does play a big role into this, but I almost tell shop owners because they get scared of softwares. Most people do. Softwares just feel complicated. And a lot of us, we got a bunch of subscription we're not even using because like <laughs> we think we're going to use it, but we don't really go deep and get the full benefit because we don't have that bandwidth to use it, right? So with softwares, you really have to also have a game plan for your software. I like to actually keep, although I'm like super okay using softwares, but I still like to keep it super simple, as simple as possible. I, some softwares tools that I use, I use Slack to keep everybody communicating all in one place. Because mm -hmm. if you don't have a place for people to communicate, what I find is you leave a lot of space for dead air and people just start creating whatever they want to create. So you want to give them one place to communicate. Slack does that. It could be simple as a group text. That's what Slack is. It's just a professional version of a group text, obviously with a lot more features. I like to use Loom, Loom to record my screen or use the Loom app because everything you're doing is a system. You're just not capturing it. So if you just capture what you're doing, even if it's bad, it doesn't matter. It's just capture yeah. it. By the way, I, I heard this guy say something. Whatever you're doing in your business, do it bad or in your life, do it. <laughs> and what that means is do it before any delays, before any delays. Because what we tend to do is try to make things as perfect as possible. And that holds us back. If you do it bad with the mindset of doing it bad, then you yeah. could put the first thing out into the world and then you could tweak over time, right? Yeah, um, I can yeah. totally see that. I've seen that a lot on the screen printing subreddit where they're showing off, you know, one shirt and they're trying to ask how to save it because it's literally been like burnt to a crisp. The best thing about it is that they learned, you know, how to not burn a shirt. And so it's one of those things where you're constantly having to push things forward and forward and forward. At this point, our shop's been around like basically more than 10 years mm -hmm. and we're still finding aspects of like art separation or parts of our process where we're not thrilled by the results, but we're not going to not offer printing because of it. We can go ahead and give a refund when something goes horribly wrong, yeah. but it, there is just an element of constantly improving and constantly progressing. One of the big things we switched over to in the last year was the CTS and going computer to screen and getting rid of films is a complete game changer in the workflow. And so being able to just send 31 different pieces of art to this machine that prints them directly onto the screen. Yeah. It's just completely different than how we were doing it. And it also completely optimized our ability to have our registrations be quick because the CTS is printing it perfectly on every screen. Then we click it into the tri-lock and we're maybe an eighth of an inch off that we're adjusting with micros, but you're just never going to see if somebody's messing with taping films onto yep. a screen. It's not going to happen. And so 
even on like a bigger shop level, you're always trying to figure out, okay, here's each individual step. How does that individual step improve? Um, you could have the best $5,000 film printer, but you still have all these flaws in that actual machinery. Yeah. And then switching over might feel like a big upfront cost, but the benefits exist for all these machines. I was just recently at a guy's shop who does like 15 million a year in sales. And uh, it's huge. It's like 40,000 plus square feet. He literally spent the entire lunch talking about how everything sucks and it's not running smooth enough. And this guy, this guy has like every toy you could ever imagine. He got rid of the CTSs because he said the MNRI image was garbage. So now he's buying, he's buying the laser. I don't know which laser he got, um, but he got one of the lasers. From Saudi, he's got probably. The, maybe, yes, Saudi or whoever the other one is. But uh, he got the lasers, got the, the scoop coders. He has automatic cleaners, automatic. He literally has an automatic rinse out booth, which I hadn't even seen that one live. But apparently, like, just spraying it out with, like, a pressure hose was too much of a hassle. So now they have an automatic washout booth that clicks in four screens simultaneously to wash hey. them out. It was amazing. But he still is like constantly refining yep. why he's losing 20, 30 seconds on a shirt, why he's losing 15 minutes on a setup that should have only taken 15 minutes, but it took half an hour. So it is kind of this endless game of refining. One thing that he's doing that's different than just like running on Printavo is they have like their own tools being built out from scratch. Yeah. And it's really cool because they're optimizing things on a uh, per employee basis. So he's able to literally put quotas on televisions showing that like everyone feels like Dave isn't that good, but we all now know Dave isn't that good. <laughs> and it's incredible to see, cause he has this staff that's like maybe 60 plus people at this point. And he's able to start to pinpoint with this software, this is absolutely happening. We can see the data, your output is this. And it's not like someone's standing there counting one by one, it's automated. Yeah into this software now. And I feel like, especially as AI gets more and more powerful, we're gonna see these software tools yeah. become completely sick and we're gonna have automated customer service. We're gonna have automated outputs and scheduling and whatever. Yeah. And so it'll actually become the most valuable to a shop that's extremely well created software that runs mm -hmm. it much flawlessly and then humans that don't fail the software. Yeah, don't mess it up. <laughs> Just like- if you have we... a human, who doesn't output what they're supposed to output the fact that it's ske like scheduled flawlessly doesn't matter yeah and so hiring good people i think will actually be even more important as people start to see with all the software advances hey like this is a huge problem this is dumb this is good this is whatever yeah uh, all of those tool sets are going to make it even more obvious why you should be paying your people the right amount to actually yep. deliver on the promise it's crazy to me when i see like a great screen printer who's making 17 an hour and it's like well you could definitely get paid more um mm -hmm. because your output is double that guy so mm -hmm. you know, like getting a good team together will be the biggest job of a print shop owner you can't just forever pretend that you're going to be like the face of the company and you're going to run the jobs you max out somewhere around two hundred thousand dollars if you're literally on the press it's just yeah. You have to staff up. It's it's the number one job of the owner. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that you said is spot on. And yes, sometimes you do get a lot of resistance from team members 
when you start talking about systems and processes and you start talking about mm -hmm. software improvement, because there's that fear that these things are going to take over their job and now they're going to have to be their best version of themselves, right? Which is... Well, yeah, but if like, let's say AI is going to take over jobs yeah, and it will, but it what will. it'll do is it'll get rid of jobs that were basically on a script. Like that's the first things to go. Like yeah. you don't want to be a low level call center person with AI coming up. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of us, it's actually going to optimize us like crazy. So if I can output 300% more of myself, just because my emails are half written automatically by the AI, because it read it already knows most my most likely response already yep. did calculations on the quote and it auto-filled it into a software program like Printavo, as we start to see all of those things get implemented, if I can land and send out, let's say I can do, I don't know, let's say I get around to like a dozen quotes in a day and I like manage those clients and I can now up that to 36 clients. Yeah. What that really means is not only have I been overly optimized, but my volume is going to be out of control. And I have to have the staff that can actually do that work, which yeah. we see like happens to us at different points throughout the year where it's like, hey, apparently we're really good at sales right now. And uh, can you guys like knock out 20,000 units? Mm -hmm. and, it, and so like you can constantly be cursed by your own sales success when it really comes down to it. Someone has to do physical labor in this industry. Even if you're doing like transfers, someone has to stand there and do thousands of transfers and not make them crooked. Yep. So like it's constantly coming down to a team and that team actually finishing the work properly. No, absolutely. All, all good. Yeah, definitely. These tools are important. Other tools that I think, I think going into like picking up the tools for most shop is they got to kind of go into it where they have like a category to pick from, right? If you know, like definitely right now you want to mess around with the AIC I would spend a lot of time messing around with the AIs, like get you a collaboration tool that you could collaborate, get you like a good operational tool or shop management tool that you could, you feel good with, like a Printavo, Shopbox, T-Sum. What you want to do also for me, I struggled with this for a long time is just have a tool set for your marketing. Cause you know, marketing is a big part of this and that's where a lot of our time is spent, especially as owners. So what you want to do is kind of narrow down what your tool set for marketing is going to be. If you could bring it to a couple of platform just to do your marketing and get people to be aware of what you do. I think that's the route that most, most people should take. I think when I ran my shop, I spent too, way too much time just trying like experimenting with a bunch of the tools to see if I had to go back and redo it. Well, now I have the knowledge because I've already experimented with a bunch of them. I would have probably ran my whole shop within five to, let's say five to 10 tools, but like yeah. majority of them are like five tools. My shop management tool, my collaboration tool, a tool to allow me to just communicate with my customer and maybe a small CRM tool, right? Just to kind of do my sales. So that's, yeah. that's what I would do. Yeah, I think my main subscriptions we have the actual web hosting we have printavo we're doing slack and then um trello just because we like it better for the scheduling yeah and then obviously we have our own email addresses instead of some like janky gmail but besides that that's pretty much everything i mean we have the adobe suite for the artwork but yeah 
really don't pay for that many products. And I don't really know if there's much of a secret to it. The biggest thing is just communicating with customers quickly and also communicating with them when you're screwing up because they don't want to find out when they open a box that things are screwed up. Yep. They'd rather hear about the problem ahead of time so that you can then at least fix it. But yeah, I mean, one of those things that I've seen, especially with the AI tools, is not necessarily that it's going to replace anything like, you know, in your scheduling, it being able to create additional content and being able to create additional email templates mm -hmm. and things like that. I fed it some of our email templates, which weren't that bad. It completely improved the way it was written. Yeah. So just being able to say like, hey, here's my idea. Help me flesh out the idea. Even if you're talking about like, here's the workflow I'm thinking of, or here's the templated email I want to send after this. That's when something like a chat GPT, like amazing because you can just tell it to optimize what it's seeing you are trying to communicate. Yeah. Yeah. I think is amazing. Yeah, it does. If you have some templates hanging around, just definitely dump those into it and see what it comes up with. Been playing around a lot with that. For me, like going into this one thing, a couple of books that helped me out because I, I, to help you systematize your business. And I read this book a while back that really kind of like put it all together for me. This book that's called Traction by uh, Gino Wickman. Want to systematize your business? I'd probably start with that book. That's another book that's called E-Myth Revisited by Michael E. Garber. That book is so awesome. And th the book that really like simplified it for me was this book that's called Systemology, right? Mm. So if you really want to start like systematize your business, it gives you a whole framework just how to like think about it. It literally tells you as the owner, you are the worst person to systematize your business. You are right. literally the worst person because you you are just a bottleneck in everything. You should just allow, create the environment and allow your people to do it and stuff like that. So it's an awesome, awesome book yeah, um, that's for the people. Cool. That's, yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a big thing about like getting the right people and allowing them to do things properly. It's really hard in the very beginning because you kind of are too emotionally attached. Yeah. Um, like those first few hires are just kind of bizarre, especially if you like hire a friend, which isn't the best idea. But yeah, if you get somebody who you know is going to actually succeed in their role, there's no reason to hover over them. There's no reason to bug them. Just give them something to actually do. I think that's all we got for them today, Cole. What do you got? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, I'm going to be going straight back to a press. <laughs> so, so yeah, I hope you guys are good. And thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for tuning in. Bye. See you on the next one.